Yes, sir. If you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs. We're going to be in Proverbs this morning. Lance Breedlove instantly got excited at that. I love it. We're going to be in Proverbs this morning. I already told you Happy New Year, but I'll tell you again, Happy New Year. Did y'all have a good week? It's been a, it's been a, it's been a good week. I'll be honest with you. I spent the week um, just kind of walking back. A lot of us do that, you know. A lot of us get when we comes to the end of the new year and we get into the new year, we start thinking back of, hey, what was this last year about? What were our highlights? What are this? What are that? Uh, people put it on social media. This is what I looked like last year, and it's the same picture. This is what I look like today. And, uh, good for them. And uh, all this, all this wonderful stuff. So I've been kind of reflecting on this last year, and man, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm excited. I'm excited about what God has done in our church family in the last year. But even more so, I'm more excited about, maybe more excited about what's coming up next. I mean, think about it. It's been a, it was a great 2019, and we're going to talk more about that next, next week when we talk about the state of the church. But man, if, if we can look back at 2019 and say, wow, look what God did for us, like that just gets us more excited about what God can do in the new year. So church, this morning, I want us to be excited. I want us to be in in a celebratory mood. I want us to be happy. Let me start over. That's okay. This morning, that's okay. Smile, laugh. We're going to have a good time because 2020, we're going to have a great 2020. And over the course of January, we're going to be talking about 2020 and talking about what God has for us. Uh, Today, we're talking about some. We're going to get into that in just a minute. Next week, I already told you we're talking about the state of the church. Uh, we're going to talk about kind of where we are, who we are. Uh, sometime this month, we're going to talk about where we're headed and kind of the direction that God's laid out for us. Uh, and I'm excited about these things. I hope you are too. But this is a great time that if you have any friends or family that's not plugged into a church, um, man, this is a great month if you want to invite them to come be a part of Westmead to hear kind of who we are, what we're about, and where we're headed. Uh, if, you know, some people like to have a plan laid out before them. Um, so this is a great week, if you, a great month. If you want to invite people to do that, that would be awesome. Uh, but we encourage you uh, to be a part of that. This morning, though, I want us to get the whole thing kick-started by just kind of laying out our theme for the year. Y'all good with that? Good. Uh, we're going to lay out our theme for 2020. And, and I'm just going to be... Let me be frank. Hmm. It's really cliche. Like, I saw Instagram and uh, Facebook memes making fun of this over the last week. And it's really cliche. And I know it, but I'm just going to put it out there. Here's our theme for this year is clear vision. (laughs) here's, Here's the thing. I know what half of you thought when I said that. Some of y'all are thinking, oh, gosh. Do we give them the obligatory, like, oh, that's so good, you're so clever. <laughs> wow, 2020, Justin, you really stretched out there to come up with that. I get it. And, like, there was a part of me, like, I have that smart aleck part of me. I'm from Mississippi. Um, so, like, we're something we were born with. Kevin, you with me? All right, that's what I'm talking about. Uh, that's like, you know what, it's 2020, I don't want us to have some kind of theme that reflects like 2020, oh, like 2020 vision, oh, look how good we can see. Like, I didn't want that. But here we are. Clear vision. Clear vision. That's, that's where we're at. But there's a justification behind it, and I want us to spend some time talking about why we're going to go with clear vision 
for 2020. Back in 1999, Dwight Yoakam released his greatest hits album. And what are you laughing at that about? Got some Dwight fans in here. I know one. He got my back. His greatest hits album was called Last Chance for a Thousand Years. Like I said, this was 1999. And the thought process behind it was like, hey, you know, if we're going to put an album out, this is our last chance we're going to do it for another thousand years before we start over a new millennium. And, and it's actually a really good point. So I guess if we put that logic into where we are now, it's like, hey, 2020, it's not our last chance for a thousand years. Because if you think about it, in a thousand years, there you go, it's going to be 3020. And it's just going to be awkward, be like, hey, with clear vision, 3020. People aren't going to get on board with that, you know what I mean? <laughs> Plus, I don't know how many of you are still going to be around in a thousand years, you know, at least not here. I don't know, anybody going to be with me? In a thousand years, we're going to be somewhere, but we ain't going to be here. And I pray the Lord is your Savior so that we can all be together in his presence and glory. Because if he's not, I guarantee you, you're still going to be somewhere in a thousand years. Know that. But we can't do 2020 in a thousand years. But every hundred years, the last two numbers of the year repeat, you know. So it's like, in a hundred years, we'll get the 20 again. Though the first part will be 2120. That's, that's not really conducive with our language. And the more I started thinking about this idea of 2020, the more it dawned on me. This is the only point in time, not in history, this is the only point in time in all of existence that will ever be 2020. Now, some of you smart people are trying to figure out ways to, like, prove me wrong. Keep thinking, you're going to be busy the rest of the service. This is the only time in all of human timeline there will ever be a 2020. And guess what? Here you are. Here I am. So if this is the only time in all of human existence that there will ever be a 2020, why not go with it? Why not recognize that if this is where God has brought us numerically in the year, and this is how he's put all of these people in this room or in this location at this time, then that tells me that God has to do, God wants to do something for his glory and kingdom through the people he's put in this place, in this time, in this year. And in order for us to do it, to bring God glory, we must ask him for what? A clear vision. Because if we're sitting here trying to map this thing out, We're going to be messed up. This is our only chance to do this thing called 2020. Yeah, it's cliche. But as a buddy of mine said this week, everybody knows cliches, which means there must be something to it. So we're going to go with the fact that this year we are asking God for a clear vision. And knowing that it's the only time we'll ever get to have, it's not the only time we get to ask God for a clear vision, all right? So I don't want some of y'all to start taking me out of context here. But the fact that it's the only time we'll ever have 2020 and the only time this is what we have. And like I said, ain't nobody in this room guaranteed to make it to 2021. There's nobody in this room guaranteed to make it to January 6th. So what we have with what God has given us, we need to turn and give back to him to bring glory to his name in response and obedience as our offering to him. You know, you know, December 31st, 2020 is the end of this year. Y'all know that's the last day of this year. They're putting it on the 31st this year. I don't know if you knew that. Y'all know the truth? Every single person in this room is going to be different come December 31st, 2020. 
every single person in this room will be different by the end of this year. Some of us will be radically different than we are today. There will be people, hopefully there will be people in this room that come December 31st, 2020, will know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of their life. I pray for that. There'll be people in this room with, with babies that don't have them or new babies. There'll be people in this room engaged or married. There'll be, I mean, who knows what's going to happen by the December 31st of this year. But I guarantee you, regardless of what happens, every single person in this room is going to be different. So the sense of urgency, recognizing this is who we are, this is what we've got, this is where God has brought us now, we need to respond in obedience to the sense of urgency we have to where God has brought us. So this morning, as we begin 2020, our first Sunday of 2020, I want us to talk in advance about having a clear vision this year from the Lord, and it's going to be found in Proverbs 29. It's one verse. Proverbs chapter 29, and and this morning uh, I'm going to be reading from the New American Standard Bible, the NASB, because the way it's worded is very unique in, in how I want us to understand this passage of Scripture. But in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, the NASB words it this way. It says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained, but happy is he who keeps the law. Proverbs 29, 18, in the New American Standard says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. But happy is he who keeps the law. You know, many of your translations, it might say, where there is no vision, the people perish. Any of y'all have that word, people perish, where there is no vision? It's, it's a still word, it's still a valid word. This unrestrained is not replacing that word. The original Hebrew word here is parah. Para is the original Hebrew word there that's used for perish, and it is used for perishing, but the actual definition of the word para is to let go, to let loose. And the context of, of perishing is more in lines of this let go, this para is let go to let loose. It looks more like unrestrained than death. Y'all see what I'm saying? But death was a word that you, was translated from para. Most commonly, the idea of para, when it was used most commonly, it was a common Hebrew term used for women. Women used to have all their hair in a, in a headdress, or at the very least, some type of headband. And whenever their hair came out of the headdress, or whenever their hair came out of the headband, typically because of large winds, it was called para, because their hair was very unrestrained. It was let loose. It was let go. And it was very unrestrained. It was blowing all over the place because of the heavy wind. That was a very common use of the word para, which is used in this text where there is no vision. The people are unrestrained, just kind of blown about by the wind, no direction. It's just kind of going everywhere. It's a beautiful imagery here. And of course, when we talk about that, when you take that further down the line, when there is no vision and we're just running around unrestrained, no life comes out of that. But I want us to unpack what this looks like. Another commonality of using this Paul Ra phrase was when they, people would choose to let their slaves go. And if you think about it, if somebody has spent their life in slavery and was one day turned free, well, they don't have a home. They don't have anywhere to go, they don't have a job, they don't have anything, they're just 
wandering about. So when we look at this passage of Scripture, as we talk about the value of vision, we talk about the idea that without vision, we're just aimlessly wandering about, hoping something gets accomplished without any intentionality behind it. There's a Japanese proverb that says this. It says, vision without action is a daydream. Action without vision is a nightmare. So we've got to understand that if we want to see progress, we have to understand, church, we have to start at the base level that, that a vision, if we talk about having a clear vision, we're not talking about a dream. We're talking about a desired future. That's what a vision is. It's our preferred future. In other words, a vision is something we're preparing to, for it to happen, for it to take place. There's all kinds of visions out there this morning. And this week, I found something online, and it saved it on my phone, that I would like to read with you. This is a vision. This is from the newspaper. Not our newspaper. It's a different newspaper. But this is an actual thing printed in the paper. This is truth. A couple in Florida, we'll call him husband and call her wife, were arrested a few days ago for selling, quote, golden tickets to heaven to hundreds of people. Understand this, church. I might have a serious look on my face. This is hilarious, so get ready. It's okay to laugh. Yes, even you. They sold the tickets on the street for $99.99 per ticket. They told the buyers the tickets were made from solid gold and that each ticket reserved the buyer a spot in heaven. Simply present the ticket at the pearly gates and you are in. This is a newspaper story. The husband said in his police statement, I do not care what the police say. The tickets are solid gold. And it was Jesus who gave them to me behind the KFC And told me to sell them so I could get me some money to go to outer space. I met an alien named Stevie who said if I got the cash together, he would take me and my wife on his flying saucer to his planet that is made entirely of drugs. You should arrest Jesus because he is the one that gave me the golden tickets. I am willing to wear a wire... And set Jesus up. In her police statement, the wife said, We just wanted to leave earth and go to space and do drugs. I did not do anything. My husband sold the golden tickets to heaven. I just watched. Police say they confiscated over $10,000 in cash, drug paraphernalia, and a baby alligator. (laughs) Now that's vision. That might not be the vision we're hoping for today. You know what's sad about that story? If they sold those tickets for a hundred bucks each and they had ten thousand dollars cash, people are still looking for the truth, church. When are we going to be the ones to tell it to them? Now that, that's a vision. 
That wasn't a dream. That was a plan. That was actually not a plan. That was their desired reality. And church, for us to understand what God has called us to, for us to understand the vision that God has placed on our lives, we have to understand that a vision is a desired reality. It's not a plan. It's not a New Year's resolution. It's a reality that we expect to see happen if we are obedient. Let me ask you this. Let me give you, maybe that wasn't exactly a great illustration for you to identify with. Any of you ever joined a gym? You don't have to raise your hand. You know, God knows the truth. Uh, you, ever, you ever joined a gym? Maybe for New Year's, maybe not. You know, it's, it is literally, if you go back and study uh, business economics, um, this is the perfect time to be in the gym business uh, because there are people that are joining gyms left and right because it's the new year, new me, new resolution. And what's the purpose of joining a gym? I wrote these things down. We join the gym because we want to lose weight. We want to get in shape. We want to build muscle. We want to look like Ty Chancellor or Tracy Lentz. These are the reasons that we have for joining a gym. This is our vision behind joining a gym. You walk in, you sign up, you give them whatever payment information they require. And your vision is, this is where it happens. This is where it all starts. Where I'm going to achieve my goals. And a vision is even more than a goal. It's a preferred future. We join a gym because we want a change. We have New Year's resolutions because we want a change. We talk about a gym, but this will tell us if our vision was a daydream or a vision. We answer the question when it comes to the gym, and and I've I've joined a couple of gyms before in my track record, and I can answer all of these right off the gate. Are we disciplined in going? That's kind of the most important step about joining a gym is, is going, you know? Do we allow ourselves to be pushed? can't just go and do what you're comfortable with doing in a gym. You know, if it's going to work, you have to actually push yourself. Are we matching our workout with a healthy diet? Because if it's a vision, it's not just about the gym. It's about the totality of our lifestyle. Are we tracking progress? Are we dedicated? All of these things we have to ask ourselves. But I tell you this, the answer to these questions in our lives will dictate what our vision is. It really will. Because if we're not going to be going to the gym but once a month, then your vision is not a desired reality. It's a daydream. Maybe not everybody's a gym rat. What about diets? Anybody ever started a diet? Don't raise your hand. Don't want to put myself in that situation. Same thing. We, We start a diet because we want change. We want something different in our lives. We have a vision behind going on a diet. The vision might have include this. We want to lose weight. We want to feel better. We want to feel healthy. We want to hate flavor. You know, all of these things might be our vision behind going on a diet. But whatever your reason is for going on a diet, was it a vision or was it a daydream? Because you have to answer, ask these questions. If you're going on a diet, did you get rid, did you get rid of the foods that weren't good for you? Did you rebuild your grocery list to reflect your vision? Were you disciplined in your cravings? Some of y'all are like scowling at me right now. Hey, this is between you and the Lord, not me. Are you tracking your progress to see results? Same as working out a gym. Are you dedicated 
to allow time to work with you. That's the funny thing about a diet. It's not on demand. You have to be disciplined and let time take its course. Have your taste buds completely rebelled and fled from your body? The answer to these questions will determine if it was actually a vision or just a daydream. What is a vision? Is it our preferred reality or is it just a nice thought? You know, the same questions could be asked concerning your growth in your relationship with the Lord God Almighty. Matter of fact, the same questions are being asked of you today in terms of your relationship with God. Only the Lord is going to give you the vision that he has for you. And when I said that our theme for this year is clear vision, maybe our theme collectively, but I'm asking you to make it your theme for your relationship with God. We go to God with a personal vision for what we want God to do in our lives or what we allow God to do for our lives. And maybe we go to him with a vision because we want to grow in the Lord. If I were to ask any one of you uh, on a one-on-one basis, hey, what's your plans this year in your relationship with God? I have a feeling that a lot of these answers, I want to grow in the Lord. I want to read the Bible more. I want to learn how to share the gospel or I want to be intentional about sharing the gospel even more. I want my prayer life to increase. If I were to ask you, what do you desire? What do you want in your relationship with God? Some of these answers would look like this, but here's the question. Is that a daydream or is it a preferred reality? Are we disciplined in going just like the gym? Are we disciplined in going? Because if we're going to draw near to the Lord, we probably need to be near his people and we need to be consistent in being with his people. Do we allow ourselves to be pushed Or is every little thing that a preacher or a Sunday school teacher or a brother or sister in Christ shares from you from the word of God, are we just going to sit around and be offended all day long? Or are we going to allow ourselves to be pushed? Do we get rid of things that aren't good for our spiritual development? Are we tracking our progress? Well, Justin, how do you track your progress if you're growing in the Lord? Your desires for the Lord change. Your desires for the world change. And when those two things change, the people around you start noticing And they start asking questions or they start drawing near to you to find out what's going on in your life. That's why you're different. Are we dedicated to allow God time to move and work in our lives? Church, the answer to these questions will determine if your vision for what you want God to do in your life in 2020 will determine that if your vision is a desired reality or a daydream. And I'm asking you that today. I'm not talking about a clear vision just for our church. I'm talking about that when we as a church family, we as the individual members of the body of Christ, go to the Father and desire Him to give us a clear vision of what He desires from us in 2020, of what He wants to accomplish through us in 2020. Then when all of us individual members are pursuing the vision that God has laid on our hearts, by the way, if you're looking for a vision from the Lord, you can start in his word. I guarantee you he'll show you exactly what he's calling you to be and do in his word. But when we all become obedient to the biblical lifestyle that God is calling us to, and then we gather together, can you imagine what God will do in this world through the people of this church? And if you don't believe me, you're already coughing it up as a daydream. We need a vision. We need a preferred 
desired reality, a desired future for our church, that we go to God and we accept from him and then we say, God, I trust you. This is what our church will look like as long as we are biblically obedient to this and I'm following hard after you. That's the vision that we have. When we talk about a clear vision, I'm not talking about Westmead Baptist Church. I'm talking about Westmead Baptist Church. And guess what? You already committed yourself to that through membership of being a part of this body. To passionately pursue the Lord to know him more and better and greater and make him known through your life. That's your membership. That's why you're members of Westmead Baptist Church. So that the vision of the Lord can be made real and lived out in our obedience to lifestyle. That's where we're at. But before we look at our church, before we look at our pastor, before we look at our Sunday school teacher, you have to go to the Father himself. Because if you're sitting here today waiting on me to communicate to you the vision for our church, it starts with you. Not saying, Justin, what's our vision? It starts for you going to the Lord saying, God, what's your vision? What's your vision for me? Because here's the truth. We can lay out a vision all day long for where our church is going to go. But if we as individual members of its body aren't living biblical obedience, we're not doing anything that's going to be a desired reality. We live in a daydream. And we just come together and talk about it a lot. So if the word of God is pointing us to the fact that without a vision, the people are unrestrained, that's exactly what we will live. That's exactly what our congregation will look like. But if we as a church recognize that our vision that God has for us this year is not a dream, it's not a plan, it's not a goal, it's not a New Year's resolution, it is a desired reality that we are asking God to lead us to. When our vision lines up with God's word, that sounds like a reality waiting to happen. So what's it going to be, church? Are you going to desire but just live in spiritual mediocrity, giving God lip service to growth? I want to be in your word. I want to pray. I want to do this. I want to grow. I want to be able to share the gospel. I'm just not going to do anything about it. Same way when we join a gym or do a diet. I want to do all these things, but guess what? If our action doesn't back it up, it's a daydream. So what about for you? In your relationship with God, what if we intentionally as a church body individually went to him and said, God, what is your vision for my life this year? God, what is your vision for my wife? What is your vision for my family? What is your vision for my job, for my school? What is your vision for where you have planted me and the time you have planted me? What is your vision for me, God? What is the desired reality that you're trying to lead me to that through biblical obedience will come to pass? Your vision with the Lord, will it be a desired reality or will it be a daydream? Only you can answer that. And you'll answer it in your lifestyle. May God give us a clear vision. And may we respond with humble obedience in the year 2020 for his name's sake, for his glory, and for his kingdom come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for your word. I thank you so much for a new year. I thank you so much for what you
have in store for us. But God, that's, that's kind of a big deal right there, Father. Because you can have so much lined up for us. You can have so much desired for us. You can have so much laid out there for us. But God, if we can't get over ourselves, if we want to sit around and wonder what we're going to get out of it, God, if we just don't have any desire of follow through, then God, forgive us for the daydream that we're going to chase. Father God, that's, that's why this year we started off talking about this idea of vision. It's not about what we collectively are going to do because it doesn't matter what we collectively are going to do if we individually aren't already doing it. So Father God, I pray for, pray for the men in this room. Pray for the men in this room that call themselves husbands, that you would give them a clear vision of how to love their wife this year. Selflessly, sacrificially. I pray, God, that they get over what they think they deserve. They lay their ego down and they do whatever it takes to show their wives the love of Christ by how they serve them. And I pray, God, they start right there. Pray, God, for the men in this room that call themselves fathers. That they would recognize, according to your word, that the vision you've already gave them as fathers is to disciple their children in the ways of your word. That they would be a biblical example to show their children what it looks like to love the Lord. And they do so willingly and intentionally, God. Pray for the ladies in this room that they would follow after you in purity. Pray for the ladies in this room that wear the title of wife, that they would be a reflection of your tenderness and mercy, Lord, for their husbands to see and appreciate. That they would go side by side with their husband in partnership to build a healthy household that points to Jesus. Pray for the moms in this room that call themselves moms. Pray, God, you would speak truth to them. And God, in a world that is literally trying from every angle to convince women that they're this or they're that, God, that their identity would be found in you and your word. And that they would live according to the vision that you've laid out and how you created them. I pray for families that you give them a vision of how together they will move towards you, Father. Pray for students that you would give them a vision. Father, their identity is not in what the world, what their classmates, what the popular thing is to do, but God, that their identity is found in Christ and that the world needs to bow the knee to that. Pray for our children, God that you would safeguard them from the evil of this world until they have the filter of your, your holy scriptures to siphon out the noise and to accept the truth that you, you bring. And God, I do pray for this church that we're not found faithful as a whole, that we're found faithful as individuals and that when we come together, we live up to that title of church that you've given us. God I love Jesus' 
own personal vision statement when he said in John 10 that he has come that we may have life and life to the full. God, he fulfilled that vision. God, may we also fulfill that vision of live life to the full that Jesus gave us and promised and afforded to us because of his blood and his righteousness, because of your never-ending grace and mercy. And God, give us a vision. But may we know the vision that comes from you is our desired, preferred reality. May we, may we get tired of making empty promises to you, God. And may we choose every day to walk with you in submission to the vision you're calling us to. God, even now, first Sunday of the year, let's don't commit to 12 months. Maybe some of us need to start with 12 minutes. Maybe some of us need to start with the next week of our lives. Maybe some of us need to start with just getting us through this day that we are in obedience and submission to you. God, whatever it is, meet us where we are as you already have and walk us through fulfilling the vision you've called us to. May we be found faithful in, in giving back to you, God. In your name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand as we respond. Just as I am.